which country has the best and worst drivers? The first part of the question is easy. It is the United Kingdom, where we have 2,000 fatalities, or 2.9 per 100,000 of the population. The reason for this is that the UK leads the world in two areas of endeavour. First, being excellent baddies in Hollywood films, and also being insufferable busybodies. We also invented the nanny knows best health and safety industry that, to be honest, did oversee the number of deaths in the UK dropped to a quarter of what it was in the 60s, even though the miles driven has quadrupled. The second half is somewhat more challenging, as different measurements paint a variety of pictures. Indian has nearly 300,000 fatalities, so surely they must be the worst drivers. India has a large population, but still managed 22.6 deaths per 100,000 of population. In a similar vein, the US had 40,000 fatalities, or 12.4 per 100,000 people. That looks surprisingly high. As with India, the US is a large continent with large cars, so possibly death by mile driven works better. The US kills 7.2 for every billion kilometres driven, compares with Britain at 3.4. Mostly, I can imagine, due to our propensity for traffic jams. My vote, however, goes to Liberia, who had only 1,600 fatalities, less than the UK. By switching the population metric from people to car, Liberia has a terrifyingly 4,500 deaths per 100,000 vehicles on the road. The equivalent number in India is 130, and Norway 3. Meanwhile, the entire airline industry that in 2019 moved 4.5 billion people across the world had 257 fatalities. So why does the media go into a complete meltdown whenever even a two-seater falls from the sky? I can understand that on occasion a catastrophic loss warrants coverage. The chairman of Leicester City is indeed a tragic story for city and club. But why the sensationalism on something that fails to move the wrist dial for vast swathes of the population? Car fatalities remain common, so not very interesting from a coverage perspective. Airline and train crashes are so rare and yet are dramatic to the camera. Twisted metal, burnt toys. Also, the narrative plays on the deep psychological need for individuals to control their immediate environment. This argument will go up a gear, apologies for the pun, when we have autonomous vehicles on the road. As we saw with Uber, the standards for fatality by algorithm will converge on zero. The UK's government's recent panic due to a doubling of the number of new cases of COVID-19 misses historical context. The current levels in September compared to May is well below 5%. By switching from absolute to relative, then good news. I can declare that Risk Pearls of Wisdom is the fastest growing risk-based podcast. The simple reason is that in early May, I was talking to myself. Recently, Tesla stock dropped an impressive $100 billion in a matter of days, or 20%. But the stock had rallied five times this year. Both numbers are meaningless unless we place their movements in the context of what we call temporal. In finance, caveat emptor, or buyer beware, reminds investors to do their homework, in particular when the opportunity looks incredible. Check the graphs and ask why the analysis starts on a specific date. The performance of Tesla 
hence its attractiveness, can be some can be whatever you want, depending on the time horizon you are viewing. It all comes down to whether you want the investor to buy or sell. Communication to a broad audience is always strategic. Media organisations want you to accept their argument and frequently use numbers either in the absolute or relative form to propagandise their reasoning. Always ask, why are you using absolute instead of relative? And why did you choose that time frame? After all, that fateful evening when O.J. Simpson went round to his ex-wife's house was, by the standards of contemporary media, 90% peaceful.